Welcome to the second episode of Appeals Court. My name is Jay. I'm Zach. And uh, I'm John. And today we're going to have John trying to sell the wonderful 101 for the Wii U to Zach. Yes. So I will be acting as the judge today. And uh, I make no I make no promises, but I will do my best. Okay. And I will try to keep an open mind. Uh, so this is my first time on... Um... Uh, appeals court so uh, Z- uh jay or should i call you your honor uh call me your honor actually your honor okay <laughs> what have i done <laughs> um this was this was this was a, this was a terrible mistake okay uh so i'll just go ahead and jump into my in my opening statement then for lack of a better term all right that, that, that works with me excellent all right thank you your honor um so uh zach right off the bat are you a fan of nintendo franchises i am Interesting, because not a lot of people know this, but the Wonderful 101 was originally pitched as a Nintendo franchise crossover title. And, uh, and you know, like, you know, uh, combining, you know, characters like Mario and Samus Aran uh, and Luigi and Donkey Kong and Peach with characters that you find in other video games. So basically, almost like a, a Smash Brothers concept. And, uh, and, the, and kind of the leftovers of that, even though obviously it didn't happen... You can see them in the actual final design of the game. Like you know, the the, the game itself features over one hundred playable characters, right? And they're all superheroes. And the cast of uh, all these playable characters, uh, a lot of them, you can link them back to some of Nintendo's biggest franchises. For example, uh, Wonder Red, who is the who's kind of like you know the lead character of the game. He's red. He can break. He can break bricks, uh, and he can shoot fireballs. You know, remind you of anybody? Sounds familiar. Exactly. Um, so a lot of that connective tissue remains in the game itself. Um, but honestly, I think it's great that the Wonderful One Hundred One kind of became its own thing. Uh, there's a lot there that will appeal to fans of Nintendo franchises, but. Um, there's really nothing else on the market like this game, in my opinion. Um, and uh, if you're familiar with other Kamiya titles, like Okami, Devil May Cry, um, and uh, this this is something that's going to be immediately familiar to you, but at the same time, uh, wholly different than anything you've ever played. Um, so like I said earlier, you control over 100 characters, uh, they go around different locations, you fight aliens and robots, I mean, it's a superhero game. Uh, there were a lot of comparisons when the game came out to to Pikmin, which I think don't really do the game uh, a whole lot of justice. Um, because instead of just controlling one character at a time, uh, all your characters in in one in, uh, the Wonderful One Hundred One they they act as one basically, Interesting. right? Um, and uh, and all your characters have the ability, uh, you know, combined to to turn into into like you know guns, whips, bricks, uh, you know. Uh, giant weights that can drop on enemies, swords, and all kinds of weapons. Um, and uh, there's other characters in the game, like not just like you know Wonder Red and Wonder Blue and Wonder Pink and Wonder Green, and Wonder Yellow, but you've also got characters like Wonder Sister, Wonder Santa, Wonder Toilet, uh, and Wonder Saki. Wonder, yeah, Wonder Saki is the best character. He's actually a DLC character. Ah. Uh, and um, so it, yeah, I mean it's a superhero Kamiya game. Um, it's a top. It's uh, pretty much all top down. Uh, isometric style uh and um uh, there's a lot of beautiful joe in there i think as well um and what's and and here's the here's the other thing about about the wonderful 101 right um it's like a it's almost kind of like in a weird way uh either like a disney you you remember the disney um god what were they called it was like the amiibo um infinity infinity right like in, in the sense that it's one big kind of like toy chest you know you can pull different toys out and play with them um and uh yeah so so uh, jay uh, at what point do i stop and let zach kind of take over and 
You can you know you know what let's let's stop now actually. Um your honor is stop in your open statement and he's allowed the other party to um you know. Yeah. I'll I'll make my case or or maybe help you uh, uh pitch to me a little bit, John. Okay. Excellent. So some of my biggest reserves with what I've seen of the one hundred wonderful one hundred and one uh really stems from uh uh <laughs> Did I pronounce it wrong? It's a wonderful 101. What did I say? You said the wonderful 101. <laughs> it's just a much longer way to say it. 101 Dalmatians. Um, I see. I see. Uh, but so, no, my, my biggest reserve is that um, <laughs> it looks very in- intense. Um, it Like, I've seen some trailers for it. In fact, I've... I, Bought a Wii U um, pretty close to launch shortly after uh, Breath of the Wild was announced. Um, I was anticipating it pretty early, um, and I almost picked this game up, but it, it looked really, really overwhelming to play. Uh, there's always a lot going on on the screen, and that was kind of my main uh, um, thing that kind of held me back. But my other concern uh, was that... I have experience with a lot of Japanese-made games that aren't by Nintendo that tend to be very long experiences. Uh, and as I've gotten older, uh, I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm less interested in 20-hour games and I'm more interested in, in you know, 10-hour games. So I had some fears about this being too long. Um, and the other thing is that I just haven't played a Platinum game yet uh, that I have found particularly uh, uh, inspiring. I, I've played, I think, a handful of them, but um, nothing that's really stuck. So I would counter that... So I'm hoping that you can address some of those concerns. I can, actually. So I, right off the bat, I would counter your last point about uh, not ever being hooked by any Platinum games in the past. I would tell you that this is unlike any Platinum game you've ever played. Okay. Um, which, you know, most Platinum games... You know, what do you think of when you think of a Platinum game, right? You think of something like, uh, you know... Um, something like... Uh, what's a really good example? Uh, Bayonetta. Bayonetta is a really good example. Uh, you know, uh, Beautiful Joe is a really good example. Um, you know, something like that, but the wonderful 101, it's much, it's, you know, it's much closer to like a, uh, oh God, what's, what's the, what's the best, it's almost like a strategy game, but with a really, really deep combat system, right? Like the gameplay itself, uh, kind of, um, you know, you use, uh, offensive and defensive moves against the right enemies at the right time. Um, and you have to balance the amount of uh, power meter that you have left. So uh, basically, for example, if you if you wait to block an enemy attack, and remember, all your characters are acting as one, right? So if you wait to block an enemy attack by forming like a giant, I don't know, rubber ball or like a, a, a wall made of jello or something, you know? Um, it, it'll bounce against the wall, it'll leave them stunned, and you could uh, and, and you could use that opportunity to open up with a big, like a huge multi-part combo. Um, and uh, it's it's very similar to Beautiful Joe, but instead of focusing on balancing, uh, you know, meter with slow motion, it's balancing meter with multiple melee attacks and uh, like bombs and projectiles and all and all different kinds of stuff, right? It, 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 I'm not gonna, I won't lie to you, it does get intense at times, you know? Um, it's, the, the game, it's very, very, it's very demanding of your attention. It's it, it it demands that you it demands that you're there. It's not one of those games where you can like you can look away to social media for a minute, you know, or if somebody's calling your name. You look in there, hey, yeah, what's up? This is a game that you 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 have to have 
both feet in the water. Okay. Uh, in, in order to keep yourself from drowning, if that makes any sense. Um, but the uh, but yeah, and as as for length, I mean, it's no, it's maybe a little bit longer than your typical uh, platinum game or platinum games uh, uh, output, which means I mean, you're probably looking at a ten to twelve hour experience. Uh, if that, okay. um, so it's not something, it's not like a 40, 50 hour experience by any stretch of the imagination. Good. Okay. Can, one, one other thing that I forgot to mention, but, uh, it's, it's pretty important to me is I, uh, typically find Kamiya's attitude on Twitter to be kind of off putting pretty intense. Uh, how much does that kind of edgy attitude come through, uh, in the product itself? Um, to a certain degree that is, that it, that is something that's present. Okay. Um, it's so you know the game is rated T. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of violent content. Uh, there's a lot. It's it's for as colorful as the game looks and presents itself. There are some there are some rather dark themes of death. There's also a lot of uh, ass shots all over the place. Oh, mm. um, so it's definitely a Kamiya experience. Um, so take that as you will. Like it, it's and a lot of it come a lot of it does come off as you know gratuitous. Um, but then again, if you've played, if you played Bayonetta, then, I mean, I mean, that's, that's, as far as a level of gratuity goes, I mean, that's, that's what you should expect. Okay. It's nothing that's going to make you feel uncomfortable or embarrassed to play or anything, but at the same time, given the, given the colorful nature of the game, the fact that it does look like a superhero cartoon, like it can come off, it can come across as jarring at first. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. All right, cool. So, um, since we have both open statements from both parties, John, I am going to let you tackle your first selling point. Okay, so as far as selling points for the game go, uh, oh, what's the best way to? So, um, Zach, do you like ga- do you like games where you are? I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Um, do you like games where you are drip fed a steady stream of uh, of rewards? Yes or no? Um, do you mean like loot? Uh, kind of like loot and, and kind of gear upgrades type of thing i uh, know i'm i'm more talking about like play style yeah but i i'm i am but i i'm not interested in like a five hour tutorial section uh if that answers your question okay so what i will tell you is that this game it, it's it, like you said uh it, it can be a little overwhelming uh especially since the the pace of combat can get kind of blistering at times but if you keep going if you, if you stick with it um, there's a lot of reward to be found here. Like there's a lot of depth, a lot of flexibility. Um, there's all sorts of different play styles that you can adapt yourself to. Um, the game I feel does a really good job of kind of, uh, slowly handing you new ways of playing new moves and new, new abilities. Um, if you like to play defensively, you have plenty of techniques you can use, uh, before picking up more offensive abilities. Um, and if you're more forward, if you, if you'd rather just get in there and mix it up, um, you can pick up uh, like a, just a whole bunch of devastating stuff that will uh, that will basically keep you on the front foot uh, for less for lack of a better term. Uh, the game rewards experimentation, and um, you can actually recruit citizens. Uh, and I, you know, that that's something that I just happened to stumble upon. Um, uh, yeah, I've got a quick question for you, and it's just so I can better understand uh, some of the mechanics that you've been talking about. Um. You've kind of talked about how you can make a shield or you can make a wall. How do these sort of... Um, I, I assume this is a, a, a Gundam style, they piece together type of thing. How, how do you form these items? So, s- sort of. So, sort of. You basically, like, it's... it's, it's trying to find the best way to... T- you just kind of... Everybody just kind of melds together. 
You know what I mean? Everybody, every- I see. But how do I how do I pick items? Is it is it using the touch screen? N- no. So um, if I God, I haven't played this game in like uh, four years now. Um, if I remember correctly, you can. So so yes, you can. But you don't need. So like the gamepad isn't necessary for for Wonderful One Hundred and One. You don't need to use the gamepad. Okay. I hate to interrupt. I thought the gamepad was necessary because I thought there's like sections where you like enter houses or buildings and like. I don't rem- I don't remember the gamepad being necessary. But again, remember I have not played the game in four years. Um. So I I, I could I could be misrem- I could I could be remembering that incorrectly. That I don't remember the gamepad being necessary. But if I if I okay. Yeah, if if I turn out to be incorrect on that, that's on me. Um, but uh, so 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 I, I what I do remember is that you can use the gamepad to kind of uh, trace shapes for for different attacks. Uh, you can draw uh, multiple attacks of different kinds. You can sweep an enemy in the air with a sword before, like you know, just shooting it with bullets and hit, hitting it back down with a like you know you know with a blow from a hammer. Um, uh, so in that regard, yeah, you, you can use the gamepad. I, if I remember correctly, though, you can do that exact same stuff just by, you know, waggling the, you know, the Joy-Con, or not the Joy-Cons, Jesus, uh, the, you know, the thumbstick on the, on the you know, Wii U Pro controller or, or whatever it was. But again, I, I, you know, I digress. Um, okay. How complicated are the controls, generally speaking? Uh, it, so it, that's the part that can get a little, it can get a little overwhelming. Uh, you need to have... Uh, and, and there are people who got a little overwhelmed by the different controls in the game. Um, it's sort of like playing a a halfway complex, you know, uh, action game. Or, or actually, you know what? A better way would be like a fighting game, right? Like you've got to have some level of skill needed to pull off different, you know, controller movements and combinations. But after a while, everything just kind of becomes second nature. You know, like how eventually, you know, okay, well, if I do a half circle and I hit B, you know, uh, you know, uh, Ryu is going to throw a Hadouken. You know, it's it's kind of, and then as as and then you just kind of remember those muscle movements, and everything becomes second nature at some point. But it does take a little bit to to actually kind of catch on. And easy, easy to play, uh, tough to master type of situation. Yeah, that's actually yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Actually, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Okay, um, and uh, you know what, I so. That's where I'll end my first selling point because I want to get into story uh, separately. All right. Um, Sack, what do you think about John's first selling point? I think his first selling point was pretty strong. Um, he, he does make it seem like it's a pretty approachable game. Uh, my only concern, of course, would be uh, dusting off the uh, gamepad and then using it. Uh, I found with some games, I think Kirby was maybe one of the worst offenders, Uh I found that looking at the touchscreen and drawing something while also looking up at my TV and playing was kind of jarring, and so I wish he was a little bit firmer on some of the gamepad rules, but overall, he's made it seem a little bit more approachable than I thought it might be. All right. Um, As the judge, or otherwise your honor, I am going to... For the selling point, I believe it's in John's favor. As Zach has mentioned, you know, we weren't really too sure on the gamepad, like mechanics or the requirements. But besides that, it seems like John was able to sell Zach on the gameplay nonetheless. Sure thing. So are we ready to move on? Yeah. Um, yeah, we can move on to John's second selling point. So, John, whenever you're ready, just go ahead and start. Okay. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll ask Zach. Uh, Zach, how important is how important is, is story and narrative to you in a game? Do you like something that is... Do you like something that is serious in tone and with dark, mature themes, or do you like something that is silly and lighthearted, or do you prefer something that is kind of a happy mix of of of, of both? Uh, so here's the thing: I I don't mind light tone, uh, but the one thing I want is if if it is going to commit 
to a story, uh, uh, I'm actually willing to put gameplay aside. I, I am one of those people who, who has gotten to a point where story is above game. Um, a game can elevate story. Um, all I want is for it to commit to the story. I don't, I don't need it to be silly. I don't need it to be serious. Um, I just want to hear that the story there is good. Okay, so the story in Wonderful 101 is interesting and fun. It's also completely ridiculous. Um, the story begins with uh, a school bus full of kids being attacked by aliens, and the aliens are called the Geth Jerk, um, which, which, hey, Kamiya, I have no idea. Um, but their teacher, I can't remember his name offhand, but their teacher is actually the, the main superhero, Wonder Red. And basically, he teams with, he teams up with, upper serial, or with other superheroes in the game to destroy the aliens. Done. You know, like, there's... Uh, and that's basically the game's tutorial, by the way, which is introducing the heroes and their Unite Morph uh, ability, which kind of forms the crux of the gameplay. Uh, and, and then you go from there. And there are actually some... There are actually some interesting spoilers... Uh, and some some interesting story twists that I won't, just in case you do end up playing it, I won't spoil for you. Um, but, uh, you know, but there's a lot, it's goofy, and there's a lot, and again, there's a lot of gratuitous kind of stuff happening because it is Kamiya, but there's a lot of personality uh, in the story as well. And you can tell when you're, as you're playing through it that Kamiya was really, 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 there, 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 he had a vision, and there was a story that he wanted to tell. There was an experience that he wanted to impart onto the player, and in that regard, I think he did a really good job with that. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of drama that is really, really, really overstated uh, in, in, in a good, fun, silly way. Um, there are some bad there are some bad jokes in the game, um, so you know, be you know, again, that goes hand in hand with you know some of the more gratuitous stuff in the game, so. You know, be aware that you know that that is there. Um, the music in the game, the score is really loud. It's really fun, and it really does a good job of selling both the characters and some of the incredibly epic boss fights in the game. There are some super epic boss fights in this game, um, and uh, and honestly, like it's it was one of the forgotten gems of the uh, of the Wii U. Uh, this this game got this game got a raw deal because it was locked onto a system that just was not very popular and did not sell well. Was not played uh, by the audience that it deserved, which is why I hope it comes to the Nintendo Switch. As as I I know we have all heard the rumors is that you know One Four One Zero One is going to be remastered and released for the uh, for the Nintendo Switch. And I desperately hope it is because it is unlike anything else that Kamiya has done. Uh, which is why, again, Zach, I think this would be a great fit for you because as somebody who has played other platform games and find, found them just kind of rote, um, I think this would be something for you to pick up and play and say, okay, well, you know what? Kamiya and Platinum are capable of much more than just your standard, you know, button mashy, uh, you know, gratuitous action affairs. Um, John, I would like to state that you said platform and not platinum at one point. Okay, sorry. No, no, you're fine. I just, I wanted to call you out for it just because, you know, I'm the judge here. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I think that's my, I think that's my second selling point. Cool. Okay. Okay. So my only, my only quick response to that would be, um, I mean, you've made it sound a lot like a Saturday morning cartoon and, and that actually makes it pretty appealing to me um honestly if things are going to be kind of cheesy and corny i i like when they know it uh that's that's pretty good um like you said though i i am a little bit skeptical of of some of the uh 
you know, depictions of certain characters, certain jokes, uh, some stuff that maybe uh, is a bit of a trope with some Japanese-made games. But honestly, you've done a pretty good job selling me on this story. Uh, it seems like a lighthearted Saturday morning goof. Yeah, just, uh, you know, it is. Just bear in mind that, again, the game is rated teen. Um, so there is some, there is some, you know, I, I guess the best term for it would be immature humor. Um, but, but again, like I, but I also don't want to, I don't want to undersell it, but I also don't want to overstate it. You know, like okay. it, it, you're not, it's nothing that you're going to find in, for example, uh, Bayonetta where you've got, you know, like, you know, your, you know, your climax attacks, you know what I mean? Uh, or, or, you know, like, uh, I, re- I remember in, uh, in Bayonetta, there was an, there was a, an angel enemy called joy that literally right. the introduction of the, of the enemy she fell down on her ass and started, you know, masturbating. Um, and I was like, whoa, uh, there's, there, there's, there's nothing like that here. Like, like it's, it's, it's immature, like, you know, ass shots and stuff like that, but it's, it, it's, it's nothing like you're going to see like in, like in a Bayonetta game. Okay. Okay, cool. That, that sounds good. Um, what you were describing about Bayonetta is kind of what made me bounce off of it a number of years ago. So, uh, I'm glad to see things don't, uh, quite go off the rails like that. Yeah, I think I think John easily was able to sell his point like perfectly. Um, I know that Sack did mention that he's more into game and stories for like the series, you know, for being more serious than lighthearted. But I feel like with the I feel like with the wonderful one hundred and one, like it is a lighthearted game. As Sack mentioned, it's supposed to be more like a Saturday morning cartoon than like a film you go see in theaters. And I believe that Sack picked up on that really fast. I feel like John was able to sell on that like perfectly. Um, so once again, this is in John's favor. Sorry, Sack. Hey man, I'm just looking for more games to play. I don't, I don't need anybody to apologize. Yeah, I hope, I, yeah, I, I hope he does play this. Well, you know, in appeals court, I did go to the University of Saki to become your honor. So, you know, sometimes I do have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay then. Um, John, you know, you've done a really good job so far with selling the game to Sack, but I do want you to, um, sell him one more time on the wonderful 101. So whenever you're ready, just go ahead and start. Okay. So I've talked about, uh, I've talked about gameplay. Uh, I've talked about story. Um, I think what I'll do to kind of tie it all together is, you know, let's talk about the, um, let's talk about what happens when you tie both those elements together, right? Um, so, you know, the game itself, and and basically, I'll I'll, I'll just I'll summarize everything here in in one package. So again, the game is a it's a it's a bunch of superheroes, uh, one hundred plus superheroes. Uh, from an isometric viewpoint, so you so, so you're looking down, right? And you've got your your um, you can turn into different objects called uh, unite morphs. That's the actual that's the actual uh, technical term that the game uses. Um, and uh, your job is to progress from stage to stage, recruit citizens uh, for your army of superheroes. Um, and the more characters you recruit, uh, the more uh, the more powerful your morph powers get. Um, and uh, so you've got this battery meter. And when you use your morph forms, you can use them to defeat uh, aliens, to uh, get through puzzles, uh, to get through traps, uh, to find ways around different obstacles. Um, you recharge the meter by doing uh, normal attacks or picking up batteries that drop from different aliens. Uh, the in, And uh, you also get O parts, which are basically like money, like coins or, or rings. 
you use those to buy upgrades, uh, new uh, Unite Morph stuff, and uh, and all kinds of different things. Um, and you do, and so I, I actually, um, I believe that you. So now that I'm thinking about it, I think that you do have to use the the gamepad. It um or the right or, or the right analog stick so 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 I don't think I don't think you're locked to one or the other um uh so if you don't have a gamepad you should you should still you should still be able to play the game it, it's kind of all kind of coming back to me now um and uh, for example like like you know if you are using the gamepad if you want to use a gun you just draw like I don't know a basic shape of a gun right or if you want to use like a a sword you just draw a basic sword outline if you want to use a whip you just draw like you know a squiggly line. Um, and, uh, it, it's really intuitive. It's really fun. Uh, again, it's nothing like platinum has ever done before. And it's honestly, uh, nothing like they, nothing like what has come out of them since. Um, to be honest with you, it, it almost made me disappointed in, in platinum games that came after simply because it showed me that there is a level of creativity there that they are simply not tapping into because everybody knows platinum games for their button mashy character, uh, you know, action platforming style stuff. Right. Um, but this is something that is so much more there. There are, there are, you know, the unite morphs offer very interesting ways to overcome obstacles and defeat enemies, very inventive and fun ways to do this that you really can't find in another, uh, in another platinum game. And I really wish that more of that creative output or, or, or like I, I, I don't know. I wish that we would see more of that kind of creativity from from Platinum right now because they they are capable of so much more than what they have done, and they make great games. I love Bayonetta. I love Devil May Cry. Um, I loved Okami, but you know that 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 too was a Kamiya game. Uh, but there there is something there is something about the wonderful 101 that that is just incredibly compelling to me, and I think it's because you know you know a, a great comparison would be look at the Far Cry series and look what they did with Far Cry Primal, right? Like at its core, it's still a Far Cry game, but they really took a, a risk uh, and, and stepped outside of their comfort zone. There's no, there's no guns. There's no, uh, you know, there's no mercenaries. No, you're, I mean, you're a caveman and you're fighting other cavemen. That's the game. And it was something that was risky. It was something that nobody expected. And it ended up being, in my opinion, the, the best Far Cry game, or at least the most interesting, compelling Far Cry game. Uh, and and Wonderful 101 is kind of the equivalent of that to me in a weird way because it represents a a developer taking taking what they know best and throwing that away and stepping outside of their comfort zone and trying something new. And I always respect and love when an established developer that finds themselves locked into a certain genre of game takes the takes the effort to say we are going to. We are going to unlearn everything we have done, and we are going to go in a different direction and see what happens. Even if the results don't always mesh together perfectly, and I am not, I'm not going to say that the Wonderful 101 is a perfect game. It's not a perfect game. It does have issues. It can get overwhelming. Um, some of the humor in the game, while not as while while not as as in your face as something like Bayonetta, can be discerning to people given the cartoony, colorful nature of the game. Like for for example, if you were to if you were to pick up the game for your like, you know, the, the box art looks like something you would pick up for your for your nine year old, right? It absolutely does. But I would but I would not let my nine year old play it because there are jokes in there that, that are that are not appropriate for him. Um uh but you know the, the control scheme can get overwhelming, especially if you're not incredibly dexterous. Um but 
at the end of the day, the connective tissue that holds everything together is much is much stronger than all of its negative aspects. So I guess the game is a great example of something that is much, much bigger, much better than the sum of its parts. Um, and that's what I have to say about the wonderful one-on-one. Okay, cool. Um, Sack, since, you know, John has summed up all of his selling points into like one, you know, long comment for you. What are your feelings on the wonderful 101? <laughs> yeah, so my feelings about the wonderful 101 uh, are actually quite a bit warmer than I walked into this with, which is which is great. Um, I think one of the things that that probably seems most appealing to me uh, is that John talks about this kind of being a one off for Platinum. Um, and, and so, in some ways, it's kind of a bummer, right? Because I, I this this talk has not turned me into a uh, one hundred, you know, or I'm sorry, a, a platinum game zealot. I'm not gonna go out there and try the platinum games now. Um, but hearing that, like some of the some of the things that I don't like about things like Bayonetta aren't present here, um, and and the combat sounds to be a little bit away from like that kind of button mashy thing that we've seen in some other platinum games. It sounds like this is maybe the least uh, platinum of the platinum games that, that I'm familiar with. Um, I mean, look, I don't think this is going to be a, a game I'm going to play, and it's going to be one of my favorites of all time, but he made a pretty convincing case for dusting off the Wii U. Um, I'm, I'm pretty tempted. It sounds pretty good. I'll even get it for you. Ooh, now you've really sweetened the pot. You don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can find it super cheap now. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. All right, then. Well, I don't feel so bad for my final verdict then. Um, I feel like John was able to sell the game, you know, perfectly well. Um, you know, as Zach already mentioned, he came in here with some really mixed thoughts about the wonderful 101 and Platinum Games, you know, games in general. But um, I feel like John was able to sell him on the wonderful one, wonderful 101 perfectly fine. And, you know, Zach was like, you know what? This sounds really dope. So I'm going to say that John was able to accomplish his goal and that this case is closed. Um, and, you know, we even had John offer to buy the game for Sack. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really a first for uh, for Appeals Court. Uh, I like it. I like this as a feature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've only had two episodes and someone's already offered to buy the game for the other person. <laughs> That is how confident I am that this is something that you will enjoy. It may not be your favorite game ever, but I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Yeah, damn, man. I mean, I'm convinced. I mean, man, I'll speak for the judge. I think this game seems all right. I'm warm on it. Sounds all right. All right. So does everyone here agree that this case is closed and that we can um, stop stop the session for today? Agreed. Yeah, man. All right, cool. Well, you know what? That was the second episode of Appeals Court. John was able to sell Sack on the Wonderful 101, and Sack seems like he's interested in playing it. Um, as always, I'm Jay. I'm Zach. And I'm John. And this was Appeals Court. Appeals Court.